the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. May you have a fabulous Saturday and a wonderful week. This is Let Us Reason. If you're joining us, uh, we thank you for that. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and uh, I am privileged to serve you. And hopefully you've been enjoying the many series that we have done throughout the years, and especially this particular one that we are going through right now, uh, which we titled The Quran and Its Historical Problems. And uh, one that we did just right before this was another series we called The Unknown History of Islam, where we challenge the traditional accounts of Islam versus newer discoveries that challenged the dating of Islam, its origin, its man, Muhammad, its book, the Quran, its place and sanctuary, Mecca, and so on and so forth. And this particular series that we're going through right now, this is, we're on to third or fourth episode already, where we are challenging the idea that the Quran is the only scripture that the God of the Bible somehow has preserved and maintained it to be a complete book without any changes to it, uh, different than supposedly the Bible. Somehow, the God of the Bible decided to forsake his Bible and his word, eternal word, and allow it to be corrupt. And now he turned his attention to this book, the Quran, and he is just doing everything in his capacity and power to protect this book, the Quran, from any corruption and any change. Well, in the last couple of shows already, we showed you that this book, the Quran, is filled with changes. And we've used Islamic sources, by the way. We didn't even use anything outside of the Islamic sources. Even Islamic own sources are honest enough to tell us that the Quran is not a perfect book. These are early sources. We're closer to the action. Yet our Muslim friends today somehow are living in a different planet. They insist that the Quran that we have in our hand today is the same Quran that was revealed to the Prophet 14 centuries ago, is the same Quran that were collected the first time in 634, is the same Quran that was collected in the second time in 652, is the same Quran that is found in all the early manuscripts of the Quran, doesn't have a single change to it. Wow. Wow is all I can say. That is absolutely a problem for our Muslim friends. Because now they have to tell us why is it that the early Islamic sources, for instance, like the Hadith or other sources, tell a different story. So let's continue now with our discoveries. And by the way, you can always go to our website, sirainternational.com. You can listen to the previous shows and all of the previous seasons of Let Us Reason. 
You can go to also soundcloud.com or iTunes and you can listen to us there as well. Just search for Let Us Reason. You can also go, and we have some of them already on YouTube at our YouTube channel, Sierra International. You can even go to YouTube and watch the actual videos that I did with Dr. J. Smith at our YouTube channel, Sierra International. We encourage you even to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And most importantly, we encourage you to become a Patreon patron where you can even support us financially with as little as $1. Exactly, $1. Or whatever the Lord uh, puts in your heart, all of this will help us to stay on the air, to build more and more videos that are professionally done to help you and help your ministry and help our Muslim seekers and Muslim believers who come to Christ and leave Islam. Whatever the case might be, we thank you for your partnership with us. If it wasn't for the grace of God and your faithfulness, I'm not so sure that we will remain on the air for this long, and we pray that this will continue until the Lord comes or he calls us home. Now, we're going to continue with more reasons why the Quran is not perfect using Islamic-owned sources. We've talked about some of the Islamic traditions tells us that the Quran has been changed, has been uh, replaced with other verses. Uh, Some chapters are missing uh, and uh, some uh, verses have been canceled. And now we look at some verses that were replaced, actually substituted, The Quran itself actually allows for this concept of substitution. In other words, the God of Islam is willing to change his word. That's not what the God of the Bible said about his word, that he is not changed, he doesn't change, and he doesn't change his mind, and his word is eternal. Yet the God of Islam, for instance, in chapter 2, verse 106, said that Allah himself, none of our revelations do we abrogate or cause to be forgotten, but we substitute something better or similar. In other words, the God of Islam saying, we don't allow for our word to change or to be forgotten, but we decide to do this. We replace it with something either equal to it or better. It's almost like God having a second guess and saying, oh, I should have said it differently. I'm going to want to replace it right now. Does this sound like a God basically who is perfect, who's holy, who doesn't change and nor his word will change? I just asked this question. You find this tradition, for instance, in addition to the Quran itself in chapter 2, verse 106, you find also this in the Sahih Bukhari tradition of the sayings of Muhammad in volume number 6, verse uh, hadith 61, and uh, number uh, book 61, I should say, hadith number 527. Now, here's the big one. Did you know that one part part of the Quran was eaten by a goat or sheep? Yes, you heard me correctly. This is actually recorded in one of the Islamic traditions. This one is found in Sunan Ibn Majah, about 250 years after the time of Muhammad. One of the six authoritative collections of hadith or sayings is what he says. It was narrated that Aisha, this is the child bride of Muhammad, who was nine years old when Muhammad married her. He was 54 years of age. She said, the verse of stoning and breastfeeding an adult uh, was revealed, and the paper was with me under my pillow. When the messenger of Allah died, we were preoccupied with his death, and a tame sheep came, uh, came into the room and ate it. Notice, a sheep, a goat, ate part of the Quran. Holy goat. That's all I can say about this. Now we're going to move on to summary of what I just mentioned to you. 
According to the early Islamic traditions, it appears that part of the Quran was lost, part of the Quran disappeared, part of the Quran was forgotten, part of the Quran has been cancelled, part of the Quran is missing, part of the Quran is overlooked, part of the Quran has been changed, part of the Quran has been modified, part of the Quran has been substituted, and part of the Quran was eaten by a goat. Does this sound like a book, by the way, which was compiled perfectly and completely and preserved? Doesn't this sound more like an intentional human intervention that failed and failed miserably, by the way, to protect this book? I leave that just up to you to decide this. Now my journey is going to take me through another important aspect about the Quran known as the early Quranic manuscripts. And whenever I say the word early, I mean the first 200 years, the first two centuries of Islam, 7th and 8th century of Islam. There are six known early Quranic manuscripts, by the way, okay? Six known early Quranic manuscripts. And uh, supposedly, these manuscripts have survived from the copies that Uthman in 652 has made and distributed to all of his nine regions. And those codices were sent at that time to Basra, Baghdad, Damascus, Jerusalem, Cairo, Alexandria, Aden in Yemen, Herat, and Nishabur, okay, or Nisabur in Central Asia. And there were sophisticated literal cities were under the Islamic control and remain under the Islamic control. And these Qurans were all perfectly protected and preserved. And they were all made out of the same copy that Uthman did in Medina. Okay? So, here's what happened. We would expect now that some of these early Quranic manuscripts that supposedly were part of this uh, nine region should actually have exactly the same Quran that we have in our hand today known as the 1924 Cairo edition. And we shouldn't have any variations and we shouldn't have any changes. And hopefully we even have a complete one that is identical to today's Qurans. Okay. Now, four metropolitan codices are found, uh, uh, were in existence, I should say. Earlier compiler, uh, compiled Qurans were written by four early scribes, yet no uniform Quran in the early years of Islam ever existed. There were four scribes, basically, that existed at the time of Muhammad, compiled their own Qurans, and if you look at their own Qurans and compare it to modern Quran, you have differences. For instance, there is the Codex of Ibn Mas'ud, has 111 chapters. Today's Quran had 114. There is the Codex of Abu Musa al-Ashari in Basra, in Iraq has 116 chapters. Today's Quran has 114 chapters. There is Ubayi ibn Qabs in Damascus has 115 chapters. Today's Quran has 114 chapters. And then you have Zayd ibn Thabit in Medina. That's the only one that Uthman used basically. And that's the one what we know that has the 114 chapters that we have today. But none of those, by the way, have survived perfectly. Okay. Now, what are these six early manuscripts? Here they are. You have one is known as Tabkapi, found in Turkey. Another one known as Samarkand, found in Uzbekistan. Another one is known as the Mayal, found in the London uh, or the British Museum in London, in England. Another one 
is in Paris, France, known as the Paris Petropolitanus. Uh, uh, and then we have one in Cairo known as Al-Husseini. And finally, one is known as Sana'a in Yemen. Okay? Now, what do the scholars, technically speaking, say about these early manuscripts? So we're going to take them one by one, and if time allows us this show, we will finish all of them. If not, we will come back and continue and pick it up wherever we stopped uh, today. So there are two Turkish Muslim scholars who did the study uh, and investigation on what is called the Mus'haf al-Sharif between 2002 and 2007. One of them is Professor Dr. Uh, Ikmal al-Din Ehsangolo, uh, and um, uh, here is uh, he's the founding uh, director of the so-called the uh, you know RICICA, uh, which is the uh, an organization of the Islamic Conference Research Center. Okay, is the uh, was the secretary general and uh, a director also of this center, and his colleague also, Dr. Tayar Al Tikolok uh, Al T. Kolak, okay, Tayar al Tikolak. And he's a leading scholar in Quranic studies. Uh, he's the ex president of the Turkish Religious Affairs. He's the deputy uh, in the Turkish parliament, okay? And uh, here is what both of them were saying. They said the Topkapi Mus'haf that is found in uh, basically Turkey, we have none of the Uthmanic manuscripts, they said, nor do we have any copies from those uh, mushafs by Uthman in 652. These mushafs we have today are dated later in the Umayyad period, meaning towards the middle, uh, early to the middle of the 8th century. Remember, Uthman in 652 collected these Qurans and made those copies and sent them supposedly to the nine different regions, that would have been the middle of the 7th century. If we're talking later, that means it's 100 years later. They're saying no serious scholarly work has been done on any of them. These mushafs, that's another way to say Codex or Quran, these mushafs date from the early to mid-8th century. They are not Uthmanic, nor copies sent by him. These are Muslim scholars that are saying this, by the way. So let's take a look at the cup copy. The top copy is found in Turkey. Okay? And the uh, top copy uh, contains basically uh, the most complete, technically speaking, um, Mus'haf or Quran. However, if you look through it, you will discover quickly that there were later editions that were done to it, like the diacritical markings and so on and so forth. Not all of it is legible. It has parts that are missing. Even these Islamic scholars said that it has 2,200 variations in it. Dr. Tayyar uh, said, dated to the second half of the first century and the first half of the second century, vowing on dotting around basically early to mid-eighth century. Okay? Even though we would like to publish this sacred text as the Mus'haf of Caliph Uthman, our research indicated that it was neither the private Mus'haf of Caliph Uthman nor one of the Mus'hafs he sent to various centers. That's what they're saying. Here's another thing that he says. 
there are deviations from grammatical rules and spelling mistakes in the Mus'haf attributed to the Caliph Uthman. He concluded that there is 2270, 2270 instances where there is a difference from the consonantal, basically, vowels of the Fahad Mus'haf, meaning today's Quran. Here is an example of that, for instance. In a Tabqapi, which is dated around mid-8th century, in chapter 14 of the Quran, verse 38, the top copy will read, You know what we concealed and what he revealed. Okay? Yet, in the Kyrene text in 1924, it reads as follows, You know what we concealed and what we revealed. Not he revealed, what we revealed. Okay? So the change from a singular to the plural in the third person. Okay? Here's another example in chapter 3 of the uh, the Quran, verse 158. The top copy reads, If you should die or be slain, you shall not be gathered. Yet in today's Quran, chapter 3, verse 158 reads, If you should die or be slain before him, so there is this phrase, before him, you shall undoubtedly be gathered. Now, the word undoubtedly also was added. So, there is a difference and a change. So, what we're trying to say here is even the most complete early Quranic manuscript or codex still has variations from today's Quran. So, that shoots basically the hypotheses of the perfect preservation of the Quran itself. Let's take a look at another early one known as the Samarkand. Okay? Uh, This is also dated early to mid-8th century. It's a monumental codex. The fact that it's monumental, large, that means it was later. It's unsophisticated in the way it was written and organized. The script basically helps to date it. And uh, the way uh, the script was written and the style of writing also help us understand during what time it would have evolved and was written, technically speaking. Here is what the uh, Islamic uh, scholars are saying about that. The Turkish scholars are saying... Uh, six reasons to discredit this Mus'haf, the idea that he is an Uthmanic copy. It has undisciplined spelling. It has different writing styles. It has scribal mistakes. And it was written by someone with little experience. And it has later editions. And it only goes up to chapter 43. Today's Quran has 114 chapters. This one starts actually from... Uh, Verse 7 in chapter 2 and goes all the way to the beginning of chapter 43 of the Quran. Okay? And um, the the Samarkand, uh, within those 43 chapters that it has, uh, one chapter is complete only. That's chapter 6. 24 chapters are partial. And 18 chapters do not exist technically speaking, okay? Then we go on to the Mail, which is found in the British Museum. It's called Mail because it's written in a slanted style, known also as the Hijazi. That would have been the earliest style of writing in Arabia. And after that came the Kufic writings that is found in Iraq, okay? This one is found in England, basically in London, in the British Museum. And um, it has a rudimentary style of writing, style uh, helps also date it. Here is some of the discoveries that were made. 
It's written in a Hijazi script. That's why it's called the slanted or the mile. It goes only up to chapter 43. Here you go again. It includes about 53% of the Quran, today's Quran. It dates early 8th century uh, or late 8th century. Then we have the Husseini. This one is found in Egypt. Here's what we know about it. It's a monument, man, monumental codex, which means it's large. That means it is written or developed later because the larger the codex, the later the dating. And also, uh, a script and versifications uh, date also this because it looks like it was added at a later time as well. Here's what we know about it. Uh, the Turkish scholar said the following. Dr. Tayyar said, this is not Uthmanic. It is dated from early to mid-8th century. It was stated that the Cairo copy might have been written on the order of Abdul Aziz ibn Marwan, which is uh, would have been around uh, basically uh, the early 8th century, the governor of Egypt at that time. However, the reason for reaching this conclusion hasn't been explained and uh, we share the view that this copy is not one of the Mus'habs attributed to Uthman. So they're doubting even the dating itself by the early traditions. Al-Husseini Mus'haf um, uh, basically um, uh, is monumental, okay? Uh, and the monumental manuscripts are later, uh, the bigger, the later, of course, like I said. Uh, the covering over the text, there are some texts that have some corrections. They have coverings over them to make some editions or corrections. They're very visible when you look at the copies itself. Okay. Then we get to the Paris uh, one known as the, uh, the Perugino Petropolitanus uh, from Paris. And the uh, Paris one uh, rudimentary script also is mile slanted, meaning an earlier Hijazi text, has also different scripts in it. In other words, some scripts are written in different style, and that helps us understand how many people were involved also. Uh, there are corrections to the text. It disagrees with the modern Quran, the 1924 Cairo Quran, in 93 places. It have five different copyists that wrote it, uh, it has later modifications. Uh, some appears to have been erased. Some has editions. Uh, and it has different families. One is called Arabi 328 that has 26% of the Quran. Another one known as the Arabi 330G has 15% of the Quran. And a third one known as Arabi 614A has 4.2% of the Quran. All of this information, by the way, indicates something extremely important for us, that the fact that the Quran as we know it today is not preserved, it doesn't match any of the early Quranic manuscripts, it has variant text readings in it. For instance, the Paris one, the Petropolitanus, has a variation from modern-day Quran, for instance. If you look at chapter 14, verse 37, in the Paris one, it reads as follows, Our Lord I have settled some of my descendants in an uncultivated valley near your sacred house, our Lord, that they may establish prayer and make and make hearts among the people inclined towards them. Yet 
here in the modern Quran, it reads, so make hearts among the people, not and make hearts. So there is a change. Well, our time basically is up. And obviously, we will revisit this next uh, episode and continue along uh, with this series that we titled The Quran and Its Historical Problems. Uh, once again, if you're joining us, this was Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi, and we're going through this brand new series known as The Quran and Its Historical Problems as a companion for the video series that we did with Dr. J. Smith, which you can always view at uh, our YouTube channel, Sira International, where you can subscribe and even become a Patreon patron and support this ministry if the Lord puts it in your heart. And you can also go and listen to the previous episodes of this particular series on our website, sirainternational.com. And uh, hopefully uh, you will find it extremely helpful. And we encourage you to share it with others, especially with Muslims. Until we meet again, have a blessed uh, weekend and a blessed day. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.